It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad that you've chosen to... Uh, come and be a part of it through the radio, through the app, uh, or however you're connected with us. We are blessed and we're encouraged. Give us a call. This is the way the show works. Give me a call. You'll be on the air. We'll talk about the things of the Lord together. Open the Bible. Um, I click the Bible on my computer, but it is the Bible. Uh, sometimes I open up my paper Bible because I got a lot of notes in there uh, that remind me of things. Uh, you can get your Bible out and follow along with us. Uh, but the number to dial is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. That's the number to get on the air. And then if you want to text me and you don't want to be on the air, uh, we do use the text questions to fill the time uh, when we are in between calls or waiting for the lines to light up and uh, it would be great if you text us and just be in a safe place of course uh, for texting uh, and make sure that you're in a place that uh, you can you can safely text and not be driving and of course all of that so 303-690-3000 is the number 303-690-3000 let's see we will uh, read a Devo while we wait. We'll read a Devo together. Uh, let me hit my home button and see what Devos pop up on my computer here. You know, you know of course, you, you know that I like Besides Still Waters, but I've got quite a few Devos here. Uh, how about we do My Upmost for His Highest, uh, which is a classic devotional by Oswald Chambers, Today's edition is entitled, Get a Move On. And the scripture is 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, in the matter of drudgery, in besides this, add. Here's the Devo. You've inherited the divine nature, says Peter. Now screw your attention down and form habits. Give diligence and concentrate. Add means all that character means. No man is born either naturally or supernaturally with character. He has to make character. Nor are we born with habits. We have to form habits on the basis of the new life God has put into us. We are not meant to be illuminated versions, but common stuff of ordinary life exhibiting the marvel of the grace of God. Drudgery is the touchstone of character. The great hindrance in spiritual life is that we will look for big things to do. Jesus took a towel and began to wash the disciples' feet. There are times when there's no illumination and no thrill, but just the daily round, the common task. Routine is God's way of saving us between our times of inspiration. Do not expect God always to give you his thrilling minutes, but learn to live in the domain of drudgery by the power of God. It is the adding that's difficult. We say we do not expect God to carry us to heaven on flowery beds of ease and yet act as if we did. The tiniest detail in which I obey has all the omnipotent power of the grace of God behind it. 
if I do my duty, for not for duty's sake, but because I believe God is engineering my circumstances, then at the very point of my obedience, the whole superb grace of God is mine through the atonement. Let me just read another line. That's the end of the Devo. Uh, I love this line. The tiniest detail in which I obey has all the omnipotent power of the grace of God behind it. That is a powerful thought. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. Had a great time in Bible study last night. The Lord is really stirring up our church in a variety of different and wonderful ways, and we're beginning to see uh, our Wednesday night service grow again, and more and more people are coming out to pray, to take communion together, to sing together, to study the Bible together. Uh, of course, our Wednesday night Bible study here at Calvary Chapel in Aurora uh, is also the, the the service that we take the opportunity to uh, give missionaries the, uh, the open door to give us updates, uh, missionaries that are praying and gaining support, moving out uh, within our congregation. We support dozens of missionaries, both local and abroad, and around the world. We follow the model uh, that, that I believe is what the Bible teaches, uh, first in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. So we have missionaries in all those realms, locally, around the country, and around the world. Uh, so Wednesday night's been good. We're in First Kings. I encourage you to pick up a study. It was an interesting study, an interesting chapter, chapter 13. Uh, sometimes you're reading, it's one of those chapters that I'm sure that as you read it, you may wonder, what is in this for me? And the beautiful thing is there's a lot in that chapter for you and for me, and we drew out a few things uh, that are very relevant to the 21st century. Uh, The Bible is alive. Uh, It's not a dead book. It's an inspired book by God himself, and by its own admission uh, and, and assertion and by our own experience, we know that the Word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, and it speaks today, even though we are we are separated uh, by m- by many many years, thousands of years from the events of the Bible. Um, it doesn't mean that the events of the Bible are not relevant. They are. Don't let a pastor, don't let a church ever tell you that the Old Testament's not important or parts of the New Testament aren't important, or whatever, because God's Word is God's Word, and He uses it in our lives. Even if we're reading a chapter and we're like, I don't know about this, uh, the Lord will bring out truths for you. Uh, And prayerfully, we did that last night. I think we did. It was very encouraging. 303-690-3000. Let's go right to this question from Dorothy in Larkspur. Uh, Dorothy, welcome to the program. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. Is this Pastor Ed? It is. Um, my question has to do with the Holy Spirit, and I know when I accepted Jesus, um, the Holy Spirit was my helper, and still is, and whenever sin comes in my life, it's like that voice tells me, you know, remove yourself from this, don't don't let yourself get involved in this. But I was wondering, Sunday when the pastor was talking about the Holy Spirit and how we ask him to infill us constantly, daily, you know, yes. by the minute if we have to. Yes. And I wondered about, um, there's so many people that are born today that are sociopaths, that okay. have no conscience. What is their hope? 
Well, I don't believe a person, even if they're diagnosed as a sociopath, was born without a conscience, uh, because the really? Bible teaches us otherwise. Uh, the Bible tells us in the Book of Romans that every man, woman, and child is born in a in dead in their trespasses and sins, but they have a conscience. Um, now, there may come a point in time where a, a medical diagnosis is given where in their sociopathic behavior, they have so resisted God and they have so stuffed uh, the righteousness of God and the conviction of God where the Bible describes that they have seared their conscience like a hot iron where now they no longer have it. But while they do, they're held accountable. Uh, they're held accountable for their knowledge. So no, a sociopath will not get a free pass before God because of, of either their own decisions or their broken brain. Uh, they won't get a pass. Uh, how it all works behind the scenes, whether you can be a sociopath and then even in that condition repent of your sin and as a new born-again believer, uh, now God does a fresh work in a sociopath. I, I don't know because of the varying degrees, uh, but in such evil, wicked uh, decisions and, and actions, um, they do not limit God from speaking to the inner man. Okay. Or, or woman. Yeah, that that clarifies it. Um I was just sitting there listening to Pastor, and, and I kept thinking about that, and I thought, well, I wonder what they hope, you know, what, what the hope they have. But that makes sense, what you said, that they've chosen that, that path. They've chosen that path at some point. You know, there, it, it's a, there's, a variety of, there's a variety of different ingredients, you know, whether the medical diagnosis is true or psychological diagnosis is true or not, or... But the Bible definitely speaks of a line to be crossed where in, I, I, I want to say that it was in, let me find it for you, uh, just so you know where the scripture is. Okay. Uh, don't know it off the top of my head. It's First, uh, first Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, and here's the okay. context. Now the Spirit, this is verse 1, the Spirit expressly says in the latter times, some will depart from the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits, doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. And then he begins to, to, to dictate to some of the things they're going to be doing. But here, here's a group of people that even appear to be uh, part of the faith, and maybe even were if what we would call today churchgoers or you know temple attenders or synagogue uh, gatherers, and their conscience was seared off. It was cut. It was disconnected. Why? Because of their choices to depart, to give heed, uh, to lie. Um, those, are the, those were the things that led a person to a seared conscience, which I would say would be a good indication of how a person goes from sanity to sociopathy uh, by some of these same decisions. I agree. Okay. Well, give me that reference again, please. It is First Timothy chapter four verses one and two. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Great question. Thanks for calling. All right. Have a good day. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. We are moving on to line number two. Is Brooke calling in from Bennett, Colorado? Brooke, welcome to the program. Hey, Brooke, are you with us? All right, sorry that you dropped off. We'll move right on to line number three. Is David somewhere on driving on I-25? David, welcome to the program. 
Hey, thanks, Ed. First, I want to thank you for your show. Um, and for your, gosh, me and my wife listen to you all the time, and I can just feel the passion in your in your voice and your and in your spirit and it's just very it's awesome great show thank you thank you brother uh my my question or statement or just trying to get your feedback on some stuff we um long story short i have a lot of christian brothers and sisters who i thought were like-minded with me and in the in the recent uh recently it seems like they are uh headed in a direction that doesn't um, honor God, I don't think. But they're they're questioning the in- inerrancy of the Bible. They're listening to yeah. people like I'm trying to remember this guy's name. No offense, I think he's kind of a wackadoo. Oh, somebody Bell who's preaching yeah, that maybe Rob- the Bible's not all that it was cracked up to be, and and maybe parts of it were good and parts of it weren't. And I'm really struggling uh, with people who, like I said, I thought were like minded, but are drifting. I feel like. It's a great attack on the sufficiency of scriptures that we're seeing today, and it's not just an attack from without. I think everyone outside of the body of Christ sort of minimizes the Bible when it speaks to something directly in their in their life, and so now we they would quickly say, "I don't believe that." You know that that's their way of saying that's not God's word, if not completely dismissing the scriptures in total. But this move within the church, this move on some seminary campuses and professors and you know, Rob Bell, who uh, has been wavering uh, for many, many years uh, and just continue, you know, when you, when you set a course in your life, the longer you go on that course, the farther away you get. And, and Rob Bell, unfortunately, is a, an example of that. And, and inerrancy is, is really not a negotiable uh, not a negotiable topic. I, I'm, not, I'm not here on some radio program or pastoring a little church in Aurora, Colorado to to judge another man's servant or to know if they're really believers or not, but I can speak to the essence, essence of inerrancy because to deny inerrancy is to deny the Bible's claims itself. Uh, the Bible claims to be perfect, that the words of the Lord are flawless according to Psalm 12. Uh, that every word of God is pure, Psalm uh, Proverbs chapter 30. The Bible makes that statement itself. Um, the Bible is also a reflection of its author. And so if there are flaws and mistakes, if there are errors in one part of the Bible, then even by the Bible's own definition, then the whole thing is an error. Uh, it's it's similar to the point that's being made uh, in the book of Romans and other places that if we have failed in one point of the law, we are what? Lawbreakers. So if the Bible errs in any point, and, and then I, I don't mean in, in copyist errors or in translation errors, because when we speak of inerrancy, we believe in inerrancy in the original autographs as claimed by God. Uh, and therefore, the body and weight of of evidence that what we have today represents those original autographs uh, which is there's much there's much to be said about the evidence of that uh, then then we if you're if you're wrong in one area you're wrong all of it and the words like in second timothy when it says all scripture is god breathed uh, then um, then if part of scripture is not god breathed or he you know the 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 real battle on inerrancy is is that uh, some of the things that Jesus affirmed uh, in his teaching are in being unaffirmed by some of the emergent type of teachers today that say, "Yeah, you know, Jonah was just allegory." Well, tell that to Jesus. That makes him. That makes Jesus a liar. 
um, because Jesus used the true story of Jonah as as he is God to to give us the prophetic word of his coming resurrection. Uh, and and this is no small thing. It, it's huge, and the fact that it's stirred you up is uh, is good because if the Bible's in error in one place, then it can't be it can't be trusted in other places. Right. Yeah, well, thank you for that word. I mean, one of the ones that was bothering me, I heard Bill O'Reilly one time who claims to be a good Christian man, Catholic, whatever, said that uh, somebody questioned him on Noah's Ark, and he said, well, that was just kind of a fable. It's like, well, no, Bill, wasn't a fable. <laughs> well, and, and that it was ha- happening. It happened. What, what happens, what, what, what encourages me uh, is that this is not a 21st century issue, although it is in, in our culture, especially in the United States, the Western culture, there's been such a foundation of God's word and a Judeo-Christian ethic that is the bedrock of our country. Of course, we're living in a day and age where that's being eroded, where that's mm. being flipped upside down, and, and which isn't necessarily a bad thing for the sake of the gospel, because we can rely upon governmental assistance or help, and we can rely on things instead of relying upon the Holy Spirit to move the gospel forward. So if things collapse the whole god's not going to collapse so that's a different discussion but in the first century they were dealing with the same thing remember uh, peter said that that you tell them we we didn't we didn't um follow these cunningly devised fables so that that was second peter chapter one um peter had to say it straight up um, that means that was the accusation right then and there in the first 30 or so years after the death and resurrection of Jesus. I mean, while he was lay, uh, hanging on the cross in his resurrection three days later, they were already saying, that's not true, he was just asleep, the disciples stole the body, and so this kind of stuff is is n- not new to us. And one final thought I have is some of your friends that you agree with on other things, it's worth the dialogue and it's worth the dialogue to see if you can't use your friendship to get them thinking and to pen them um, to pen their thinking in in a way that's going to make them question. For example, find out what's one of the big things they think isn't real or it isn't is an error. What because if mm-hmm. they say, you know, uh, the ark is well, well, you know, that really was a common story, and uh, there's a lot of flood stories, and so of course there'd be one in the Bible. And, and have that discussion, just kind of take them and let them talk it through. And then the next open door you have with them, maybe a, w- a day or two or a week later, uh, you come back and say, you know, I've been thinking about what you said about the ark, and, and I've been thinking, you know, if that story's wrong, what else is wrong about the Bible? And walk them through the thought process that they have now become the authority of what is true and what is not true, subtly taking it away from God. No, that's that's a good word. For, for, for people like me, I'm just all in, so I just, yes. <laughs> I'm all in. It, yes. it is what it says it is, so it's it's just, it's a hard, it's a hard one. But that's a good word, I appreciate your input. So the good news is, I don't know your friends, and you don't need to say anything when I say this, but I can tell you from a, from a perspective of having served many people many times, the issue of inerrancy is not a theological issue, and it's not a mental issue, like a, a an intelligence issue, I promise you, in those guys, including Rob Bell, I promise you it's a moral issue. There's something morally going on in their lives that requires them to dismiss the Bible as authoritative. I promise you. Tragic. And 
You never know how that'll come out. But if you have that in the back yeah. of your mind, you may be able to use it in your dialogue to get them back to the Lord. Yeah. Good. Well, thank you. All right, brother. Appreciate your word. God bless you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Michael's calling from Denver, Colorado. Michael, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor Ed. God bless you. And how are you, sir? I'm doing well today. Thank you. How are you? I am blessed of God, sir. Wonderful. What can I do for you? I have a kind of a situation I ran across today, and I needed some input from you. I I was sitting at a local 7-Eleven, and I ran across a gentleman who was hitchhiking through, uh, and we struck up a conversation, and he's a nice enough fellow. And uh, we're just talking, having a general conversation about being homeless and this and that and thing, you know, what he was into and stuff. And it was able to turn into an opportunity for me to witness to him. I found Great. out from him that he's got, I'm just going to say, because of the nature of the, your broadcast, he's got, he said he has some kind of a cancer of his sexual organs. Okay. That's good to and, leave it at that. Thank you. Huh? I said it's good to leave it at that, so thank you. <clears throat> and he's... And I and we were talking about... And we started talking about the Lord. And I, and I, and I used my own background as the person that I was and what God's done in my life and how God takes care of me and everything. And... It went along that direction, and he was he was very much against God right now because he claimed he believes that God's let him down for other reasons that I won't go into. A lot related to his cancer, and uh, it went. It got to the point that he was resisting. He was trying. He was he was trying to to argue against. God and, and God's pre- God God's position in, in the lives of people, and uh, I and I asked him a couple of point blank questions. I said, and I said I asked him, and I said if they find out that your cancer is malignant, and it be it, and it could cause could be could be the cause of you dying, I asked him. I said, where where would you prefer to spend to to, to go when you die? To hell or to heaven? And he says, well, I won't go to heaven. I said, that's not what I asked. I said, where would you prefer to go to, heaven or hell? And he says, I don't know, but I'm not worried about it. I want to live the way I want to live. And when when I die, you know, that'll be it. And I told him that God loved him and that God knew his name. God knew who he was. That's great. And everything. And he, he was just really, and I just, I, you know, the reason I'm, I'm telling you about this is because for so long I have not witnessed about Jesus Christ and what he's done in my life. And yes. I've been, I've either been afraid or lazy or whatever. And I just don't know if I was doing that out of my own sense of duty to God or if it was uh, 
matter of a divine appointment, and God has set me set me to sit there in the heat and the sun in my car or whatever. And I just don't know if I was following the lead of the Holy Spirit or, or if I was trying to do it myself. The last thing I told him was I was going to pray for him as I as I got ready to leave. Well, either I would say because uh, we don't always know. We don't, you know, the question that you ask, we, we don't always know. You know, we don't always know whether it's we're being led by the Spirit or whether we are just doing something because we're a believer and we're doing what's right. And I, I when I'm in that, when I'm in that position, uh, I, I like to examine that that decision by uh, did it honor the Lord? Was it pleasing to the Lord? So that even if I did it out of duty, uh, the Holy Spirit's in me. Uh, the Holy Spirit's affirming that He's bringing things to my remembrance, and and I just want to train myself, like you did, to to make decisions toward God, and and I'm glad that you did, because either way, the gospel goes forth. And remember, Paul talked about, and I don't think this is as bad like you're describing, but Paul talked about a situation where in Philippians chapter one that there were people preaching the gospel from selfish motives, and Paul said, either way. Uh, even if they're doing it from selfish motives, at least the gospel's going out. And so, don't I wouldn't put too much I wouldn't put too much uh, weight on the fact that you don't quite know. I would just say keep doing it, let the Lord use you, and uh, we're uh, let him let him continue to lead you in that direction. It's a it's pretty awesome. So let me pray for you because we're coming up on the end of uh, the end of that first well, half. So God, I pray for Michael and uh, this man that he met that he shared your love with. Um, this particular cancer is very scary and it's very difficult, uh, and I pray for your healing. What a, what a wonderful tool you could use to draw uh, this man to yourself uh, that would reveal your love in a powerful way as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. So we just pray for him, Lord. We pray for Michael as you continue to use him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Pastor, Michael. You, I'd like to pray after, when you get when you get to come back for the break or whatever, could you please pray for God to, to continue sending people to him and administer the gospel to him? You bet. I will do that. Because uh, he really needs he really needs Jesus. Here, we got two minutes. Lord, we pray right now. Uh, we pray that you would continue to put people in this, this man's path uh, as I know you have. And I pray you'd continue. Because you know where his mind is. You know where his resistance is. You, you know. You know better than we do. And so we pray, a, 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 there's a desperation in my brother Michael's heart that I sense and I hear, and we just lift that desperation up to you uh, as a way. Every time somebody came to you, Jesus, desperate, you met them right where they were at. So send more people and bring this man to a saving knowledge in you, uh, and, and we pray for your will to be done, and you're not willing that any would perish, your Bible says. So we lift them up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Someone, there you go, someone Michael. Wants- some men plant, some men water, right? And you uh, were used greatly of the Lord, that in, and only God brings the increase. Thanks, man. God bless you. Thanks. Well, now we're about one minute away from the break. Great discussion. Always good to talk about sharing the Lord. And, and what a great uh, nuance Michael's picking up on, you know, where uh, is it from the Lord? Is it from me? Nevertheless, <laughs> Whether it's from the Lord or me, we're bringing people to the cross, and the Holy Spirit's pleased with that. And praise God that we default, if that's our default, if we're not sensitive to the Spirit and we don't know for sure that God's telling us to do something, that our default is to do the right thing. 
That's a good thing. We got an open line, and we got somebody waiting in Centennial will be next. And then someone from Maryland, which I'm looking forward to it. You're listening to Calvary Live, listening live uh, to Calvary Live here on Grace FM, uh, on the Grace FM radio network. And you're listening on Hope FM one week later, one week later. And so if you're listening right now on the radio on Hope FM, this broadcast was one week ago, but you can call while we're talking because there's somebody manning the phones and taking your calls and you'll be on the air. So give me a call, 303-690-3000, 720-336-0897. We'll grab the text questions, uh, at least some of them. There's a few I can answer real quick on the second half. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. This is the program where we have pastors hosting it live, taking your calls and questions. Uh, It originates from here in Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado, Uh, We're uh, blessed as a church family to be entrusted with the radio stations known as Grace FM. Frank and a team of volunteers uh, oversee the ministry together. Uh, We have Trent producing the show today, and we're very grateful uh, for the men and women that serve behind the scenes. Uh, The glory goes all to the Lord, and the fruit is credit to your account. And you guys that support, I want to say thank you, too, to everyone that supports Grace FM financially. It is a church station, and it's a very expensive thing to to run. I know it's free for you, and it'll always be free for you, Uh, but when you hear these these, uh, partners, these business partners, as they support the station, or so many support the station just with a little bit of money every month, and I know we don't do hard sells or hard asks, and and, and we won't, um, but I do appreciate uh, you uh, as the overseer of the church, you know, as the uh, as 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 an elder and a pastor here at Calvary Aurora, thank you uh, for your ongoing support. It, it it's very appreciative. Uh, we put it to good use. It's a lot of, you know, like we got to do some stuff to the antenna recently uh, up at the tower because of the winds and everything. And and just to get people to climb a tower is thousands of dollars. I mean, it's it's just the way it is. Uh, and we went in eyes wide open. We know that we're trusting in the Lord. But I'm grateful for you to uh, that you support. Uh, and and every time I see that line uh, when the when the finances come through, I just thank God. I stop right there on that line, as I do with each of the lines, ties and offerings, and mission support, and then Grace FM support. I'm just so thankful because uh, I know uh, I don't know who gives or anything like that. But I see, and I'm just so thankful because I know. Uh, that the Lord's ministering to you and you guys are faithfully giving. Uh, you're faithfully giving monthly and thank you. Every little bit counts. Uh, every little bit counts. And I'm sure my buddy Bill, Pastor Bill in <clears throat> in the East Coast, uh, in Marlton, New Jersey, believes the same thing for Hope FM. And every little bit counts. It's, these are church stations. We're not big corporations. Uh, we're not big companies. 
uh, we're local churches that have a burden to have the Bible um, go out little by little. I was I was looking today and just so thankful for some churches in our community, and I came across one church that that has many campuses throughout Denver, and they have like ten thousand people uh, attending their church, and and that alone is just a glorious thing. I mean, I'm just so happy. Uh, they they love the Lord. Um, they they teach the Word of God. Uh, they. Their philosophy of ministry is a little bit different than ours, but we're going to be in heaven together, and so I'm grateful, and I just saw that number, and, I, and then I began to think, you know, Lord, I just began to thank the Lord, because our church isn't 10,000 people, and, and I just began to thank the Lord that through the radio, though, uh, every day we reach thousands upon thousands of people, uh, and I thought, Lord, that's how you wanted to use me. Uh, you wanted to use me in reaching thousands and thousands of people, how you wanted to reach our little community church on the corner of Hampton and Biscay uh, in Aurora. And and I was just so grateful, just really grateful when I was thinking of Grace FM today, thinking of those that support and give, uh, and those that work behind the scenes like Frank and his team of volunteers, uh, and all the computer work, all the, it's just a lot. It is a lot. Praise the Lord it to be used until the last, until the Lord comes back. 303-690-3000. Text questions. You guys, uh, I see there is a, a text comment that says, the high schoolers from Calvary Chapel Aurora are listening on the way back from the scavenger hunt. So a shout out to the Uprise ministry here at Calvary Aurora. You guys that were out enjoying some fun fellowship together, uh, encouraged in the Lord with Pastor Joel. Uh, and let me just say, uh, you you kids may not fully realize it yet, and you may not fully appreciate it yet, but you are very blessed with Pastor Joel uh, and his wife Jacqueline uh, to serve you, uh, to commit himself, uh, to commit themselves and their family to serving Jesus Christ through overseeing our youth. And you parents of our youth, uh, these you know both Joel for the high school and Jacqueline and Keegan and Tori for the junior high, these guys don't mess around. Uh, this is their calling. This is where God has them. Um, they are fully committed uh, to serving God by serving your kids. So shout out to you guys coming back. Be safe. Uh, and the Lord will bring you guys back safely. And then I got a question here. And the, by the way, the texting line is 720-336-0897. Works all anywhere, East Coast, West Coast, up and down the Midwest. Uh, Pastor, where are you reading the devotionals today? The name of the devotional I was reading is My Utmost for His Highest, and there's actually a website where you can read it for free. So if you if you want to read it on the website, you can just put in My Utmost, U-T-M-O-S-T, for His Highest, and it'll pop up. But I was reading it from my own copy on my Bible program. I have Logos uh, Bible software, and I was reading it from my uh, on my computer, but I also read on my iPad. So it's my utmost for his highest. I bet you can even sign up for a email daily. Uh, I bet you it's on the free Bible app on version. I bet you it's one of their devotionals. It's just a classic. It's a classic, and and I love it. 303-690-3000 is the number we're going to go back to the phone lines now number line number two is vicky waiting from centennial colorado vicky uh welcome to the program thank you thank you for taking my call today i appreciate You're it welcome. um i have a question in that lately with everything that we're bombarded with in the news and, and newspapers and media and radio and television, um, I'm having trouble hearing the Lord 
speak to me in my life. I feel a disconnect. And I'm wondering if there's a verse or a passage you can point me to to kind of help me take a step back from living so much in the world that I'm overwhelmed so that I can step back into my relationship with the Lord and I can hear His voice again. I think that's a great question and a great observation of what this world and the world system and the politics and the economics and the the voice, you know, the world is always yelling mm-hmm. where God is always whispering, uh, and, and I'm just saying that in general, and the yelling drowns out the whisper of the still small voice of the Lord, and uh, a couple thoughts come to mind, and then I've got a scripture that the Lord put on my heart for you, and okay. one is, it, it's time to fast okay. the choices that you have to watch the news, to listen to certain radio, to maybe you listen to music that isn't Christian, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. just, it might be neutral or it might be, it's time, it's time to fast those things and, and do a okay. spiritual cleansing of your mind and your thoughts and your emotions. Uh, you may find that this is going to be a long time fast. Let me tell you one I did recently, uh, okay. about eight weeks ago. Eight weeks ago, I or so I don't I don't know because I didn't write down the date. But let's say two months ago, I felt so convicted in my heart about a variety of things when it comes to social media. Uh, I was just finding that social media uh, was making me discontent. It was uh, making me upset because you know, for me as a pastor, sometimes people write stuff on social media to, to slander me or to attack me, and and I was reading those things and and I was seeing pictures of of different churches and stuff and maybe getting a little jealous in my heart over those things and and a variety of other personal things uh, mm-hmm. that I think is related to um, my son passing away that the Lord spoke to me and said, mm-hmm. I want you to get off social media. So you know what I did? I got off Facebook, but nothing mm-hmm. else. Like the Lord told me all of it and mm-hmm. and I didn't. I just I shut down Facebook. I mean, uh, I and, and what I mean by that is I still post, but mm-hmm. I don't look at it anymore. Uh, because right. I still think I should. I have a voice, but I, I took those programs off my comp- off my phone, uh, mm-hmm. and and I did a little bit. I said, "Okay, Lord, I'll do Facebook." But the Lord like yelled loudly that night. I He said, <laughs> "I said all of it," yeah. and and so I deleted the Twitter app, and I deleted the mm-hmm. Facebook app, and I deleted the Instagram app, and and I I I did that unto the Lord, and and I'm I mean within a couple days, God, I began to to have this sense of relief in my heart. Mm-hmm. I had this sense of of not only obeying God, but I, I wasn't checking it the first time I woke up in the morning, and I wasn't mm-hmm. checking it the last, and I wasn't looking how many likes I had, and all the dumb stuff that mm-hmm. as human beings so we can get caught up do. in. It is. so easy to do. And, and for eight weeks now, I haven't gone back. Like, I thought it was going to be for a week or a while, but I'm, mm-hmm. um, I... Like I said, I have a program where I can post without seeing. So if mm-hmm. I get a scripture or something, or uh, I'm still communicating, but the people that love me and the people that care for me, they, they know how to get a hold of me if they're at our church or they can email me or uh, there's a lot of different ways to communicate with me. But um, I say all that to say this, even in my role as a pastor, I have to make decisions just like you do. I mm-hmm. have to look at my life and say, Lord... I'm hearing too much of this. I'm seeing too much of this. I'm worried too much about this. And, and I need to listen to you. And whether it's not watching the news anymore, whether it's not listening to Rush Limbaugh anymore, whether it's mm-hmm. going to a different supermarket so that I don't pass the same magazines all the time, what, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. it's good to spiritually cleanse yourself uh, and, 
And with fasting, remember, fasting is always twofold in the practicality of it. It is the withholding or the abstaining from something. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Followed by the filling of that openness, that open time with mm. the things of the Lord. So you're going to have to okay. make the same decision. You're going to have mm-hmm. to say, uh, like food, you know, if you fasting food, well, then you don't have to cook anymore. You don't have to drive to Chick-fil-A anymore. You don't have to, mm-hmm. uh, you have so much more time now uh, where you're not thinking about what am I going to eat? How am I going to make it? I got to go to the store. You got, you take that all out of your life, right? but not for the sake of filling it with something else, like some other worldly thing, but man, I'm going to I'm gonna take my Bible with me to work now. I'm mm-hmm. going to uh, make sure my presets on my radio are only things that are going to speak to my soul. I'm going to um, not worry about politics. I'm not even going to let people talk to me about it at work. I'm going to make that off limits so that right. in my mind I can think, you know, I don't, whoever the president is, Lord, you're the king of kings. You rule this world. So, and you can just do what the Bible tells you to do. Pray for your president mm-hmm. or pray for your mm-hmm. mayor or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh, I think and it's I, time. I have a, I have a twelve-year-old daughter, and I, yes. I try to keep an eye on things that are happening, you know, so that I know that things that are in front of her, and and temptations that she might come across, um, kind of thing. And I, I find that there's so much, you know, evil things that are happening, and so many things that she's exposed to, um, at twelve years old that I never yes. even would have thought of at twelve years old. And, and, and I, would I say, think that's part of it, too. And and I've already done that for her. I've already, you know, I don't let her have social media. I, I limit the amount of time she watches TV. I limit what she watches. You know, I, I ask her to sit down and study and, and read and read the Word and, and not spend time doing those things. But I guess I didn't, I'm so worried about her and all the things going on in my life on a daily basis and all, I'm all caught up in the things in the world on a daily basis that I, I didn't think to step back, you know, for myself in that manner. And there's a couple benefits to that. One, it's going to be a great example to your daughter because exactly Mm -hmm. what you're asking your daughter to do, you're doing it. And Mm -hmm. that's powerful because Mm -hmm. you're older and more mature and you have more freedoms than a 12-year-old does, but you're -hmm. you're demonstrating to her, honey, I I don't just care about you, I care about us. Mm -hmm. And it's a powerful thing that parents have at our disposal all day, every day, and so few parents use the power of example. Yeah, you have and to it's lead free. by example. <laughs> yeah, it's free. You know, it's yeah. absolutely free. It's instead parents, even Christian parents, adopt. You know, do as I say, don't do as I do, and that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, parents listening right now, no. it doesn't work. Your kids will rebel the first second they get a chance. Um, exactly, and they're little and mirrors. So, let me they give you the scripture. What you do. That's right. Let me give you the scripture. Okay, it's Philippians Perfect. chapter four. Hmm. Verse 4. Okay. And all the way through, from verse 4 all the way through to verse 9. Okay. And this is the scripture. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Mm -hmm. So that's a command. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the promise, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and then in verse 8 it says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, 
anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And the idea of meditation isn't like the empty Eastern religion. It's no. focusing your thoughts and, and mind on good things, on pure things. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. here's, the, well, here's I mean, the end of it all. Let's, let's tie it up. As one mm-hmm. person said recently, let's put a bow on it. Here, here's the thing. You and I, as in the roles that we have in life, must understand the times in which we live and we must understand what's going on and we must gain some kind of input into our lives of the reality of this world. You as a parent, me as a parent, a husband, a pastor, mm-hmm. I got to know what's going on. I, I can't go to the pulpit and talk about 8-track tapes, man. I need to know mm-hmm. uh, that right. you know the internet works and I need to know those kind of things so that I can be relatable with the gospel and, and just like you. So eventually you're going to find that God is going to lead you back into the world in some form, you know, in some some way where you're able to process everything that you see and hear. It'll just be different. You won't have to have as much or you need to take these regular breaks or you'll learn a rhythm that will enable you to both be in the world but not of the world. Okay, perfect. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much. That, Thanks that, for waiting. Thank you so God much. Bless you. That, that brought me a great sense of peace. I, I am very grateful for that. Oh, good. Well, God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Great question from Maryland. I believe it's Nekonin, but if you if I'm pronouncing it wrong, please correct me. You uh, are on the air. You did, uh, you did a great job. That's correct. Fantastic. Welcome to the program. Um, thank you. You're welcome. So you are on yeah, the air. How I can have, I help I you? I have a question. I have a question. Hello? Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, as a Christian, uh, if you don't go out and witness uh, just on purpose, um, will you be judged or, you know, is it considered as a sin or um, is it some, you know, I, in, in, in my life, Whenever I get opportunity, I'll witness and I'll I'll tell to people. But normally I don't go out to people's house or on the street. Is it it something that, um, that, you know, I feel bad, you know, uh, it's considered a sin or, you know, will I be judged on that? I do think that, so you, you ask a bunch of questions, so let's try to knock them down. Let's try to... Uh, t- deal with one at a time is not sharing the gospel with someone a sin yes it can be very much um, but because uh, that's number one but number two you mentioned you know you aren't the kind of person that's going around talking to everyone or knocking on doors or um, you know actively every day 20 t- people a day um, not everybody's like that so I don't think that that necessarily is a sin because we're all different people and God uses us in different ways uh, and and if you're not the kind of person that's going to talk to 25 people a day, uh, that's okay. God knows who you are, uh, and He wants you to do exactly what He wants you to do. And if you're if you're a one-on-one person, and and it takes a long time that God uses you with one person, and it takes six months in order to see them get saved, uh, it's okay to be different. Uh, you don't have to witness like everyone else. Some people are just so open, and they can talk to so many people a day. And we say praise the Lord for them, but not everybody's like that. Um, thirdly, you ask the question, will we be judged if we commit a sin? And the answer is no, uh, because Jesus Christ 
took the full weight and penalty of all of our sins upon the cross. And then the question is, well, if God's not going to judge me, what happens? Well, this is what happens. You and I suffer the consequences of our disobedience. The Bible says if we sow to the flesh, we reap corruption. So, yeah, God's not going to wipe you out uh, because of the cross. Uh, He's chosen not to do that. I mean, I guess he could at the same time choose like Ananias and Sapphira to give them a severe consequence right then and there. Um, But for the most part, God has been very gracious to us, and he doesn't treat us like Ananias and Sapphira in the book of Acts. But you can be sure that if you choose the path of disobedience, you're going to suffer the consequence. So so will I. Uh, and, And we need to be careful to walk in the Spirit moment by moment, obeying the prompting of the Holy Spirit, and opening ourselves up to being used by the Lord. And if we sin, the Bible says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, so that's the question. That's the way I would answer your question. Okay. Um, thank you so much. But uh, if you are not, if you don't drive anyone in your life to, to Jesus Christ, I know you might have witnessed, but, uh, you know, if you don't drive anyone, how about that? Really, salvation belongs to God yeah. alone. Yeah. Not, not, driving, not you or not me. Driving people to Jesus, I mean, yeah. That's, that's you know, the, just like the brother earlier in the, in the earlier call, he said, some people, just what Paul said in the Bible, some people plant, some people water. But only God gives the increase. And, and who knows? You know, that's the good news, really, in life, is who knows how many people did confess Jesus Christ as their Savior because of you? You just don't see it yet. So just keep doing what God's called you to do and trust Him with the results. Okay. Okay, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Um, yeah. Thank you. Great question. I love it. So thank you. So thankful that you called today. God bless you, brother. You too. God bless you. 303-690-3000. I think we've got time for at least another call. Let's grab this next call. It's Anita from Parker, Colorado. Anita, welcome to the program. Hey, Anita. Uh, You had a question on Revelation 2.2. I know your works, your labor, your patience... You can't bear those who are evil. You have not tested those who say they're apostles and are not and have found them liars. Um, You know, let's see. Um, Verse 5 really is your question, or else I'll come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Uh, You know, there's a great great penalty uh, that Jesus is telling the church in Ephesus as well as teaching us, and that's the, the privilege of being in the presence of the Lord and, and enjoying fellowship with Him and and enjoying, uh, without repentance, we break off fellowship from God. Without repentance, we break off fellowship from one another. And that's why without repentance, there's no relationship. There's no reconciliation. Uh, a lot of people misunderstand forgiveness and think, well, all I need to do is say I'm sorry and the person needs to say I forgive you and it all is well. Um, but I, without repentance, you, you can forgive someone and you should, you should say, I forgive you and release them. But if they're unrepentant or they don't admit they did anything or they don't make any step towards you, you can't reconcile with them. That's how God's, you know, you can't reconcile with God unless you repent. It's all over the New Testament. So Jesus says that it's so important to be repentant, church in Ephesus, 
or your lampstand is going to be removed from its place. That could be that could be a place of prominence. That could be a place of usefulness. That could be a, a place of effectiveness. Um, a lot of people look at this and think that you know it's losing your salvation. I don't think so. He's talking to a church. He's not talking to individual believers. Uh, he's calling a church to repentance, which is individuals. He's. I think it's it's a, it's a place of a blessing and a place of encouragement that's lost in that. And that's how I would approach that. Uh, question if that was your question not sure if it was but i see it it had something to do with it uh, from the notes in our call screen 303-690-3000 we are completely empty no texts no i do have a text from yesterday so let me go to it hey pastor i have a history similar to yours been walking with the Lord for about 14 years. I don't listen to the music I used to because I choose to listen to Christian music because I want to glorify God in all areas. But sometimes I have dreams of my sinful past. Did this happen to you? Yes. How long does it take for those dreams to go away? I, I really don't know because I've, I've had dreams or thoughts or memories of stupid, idiotic, sinful things that I've done in my past, um, even recently. And I just need to take every thought under the captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. And and this is one of the consequences. Our memories are pretty powerful things that God created, even, even under the fallen conditions of, of sin. And our memories are powerful. And they remember things. The thing about our memories that's so frustrating is that we forget the things we want to remember, but we remember the things we want to forget. But I'd say just keep washing your mind with the water of the word, drawing closer to Jesus Christ, the closer you are in him, the more he'll protect your mind. Uh, but bad memories and dreams aren't your fault in the sense like they're not your fault. They, they are consequences from a long time ago past. But, you know, our minds are just interesting things that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. And there's a mysteriousness about our body that doctors and scientists, you know, study. They, they spend their whole life studying this kind of stuff. Uh, and... And so I just commend you to the Lord and to the word of his grace and know that you're not who you used to be, even if a memory makes you feel like that. Uh, 303-690-3000 is the number for you to connect tomorrow. We're going to pray for Pastor Eric's technology uh, over there at Rocky Mountain Calvary. Uh, we can feel his pain as we've had our own technological issues with Quest and with some of our equipment and some of our soundboards and just you know it's not only the nature of equipment but it's just the enemy want to sow seeds of discord and difficulty just the enemy want to discourage uh, wanting to interrupt uh, the flow of the gospel and for the sake of those listening in listen jesus christ loves you he loves you man and woman god loved you so much that he sent his only son his only begotten son god in human flesh to this earth that he might become one of us and Jesus lived 30 years on the earth, and the last three and a half spent ministering and loving and caring and spent investing uh, the love of God so that when people wonder who he was, he said, if you've, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Uh, and this is what the Father love of God looks like in the Son. And he gave his life to you. He was severely beaten. Uh, he was scourged, as one brother corrected my... I, I like to say the word scourged, but I had a brother correct me and say it's scourged and he was beaten viciously for you and then hung on a Roman instrument of torture, uh, what we know today is the cross. And he hung there and died 
via torturous suffocation. And he was buried in the tomb, uh, prepared. It wasn't even his own. It was given to him. And three days later, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, rose again from the dead. And the very resurrection power of Jesus Christ is working through the radio waves right now to draw you to himself. And I would invite you to not just consider the claims of Jesus Christ, but to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation of your sin. That you would surrender. You would surrender yourself to him. And and once and for all, acknowledge God in your life and his ownership and rulership over you, not as a harsh master, but as a loving father. And I realize some of you have a hard time understanding the love of a father because your home was so messed up. I'm sorry. It, it wasn't God's heart for that. But I want you to learn that God is, I want you to learn the perfect love of the father. And you can pray with me right now. You could say, God, I admit that I've sinned against you. And I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. And I believe you sent Jesus Christ to live for me, to die for me, and to rise again from the dead. And I repent of my sins today. And I turn my life to you, God, and and submit. I don't understand everything, but I do understand you love me. And you sent Jesus to die for my sins. And I submit my life to you today, in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, go to our website, calvaryaurora, A-U-R-O-R-A dot org, calvaryaurora, under the tab, How to Know God. We have a new believer packet there. We have information to explain to you what it means to follow Jesus Christ. Call us at the church if you need help, 303-628-7200. Go to a Calvary Chapel in your neighborhood. Just Google it, and we'd love to serve you and minister to you. If you're here in Denver, I'll see you this weekend. Uh, Come on out. It's not too far. We're in the Gospel of John. Love to serve you. It's happy Father's Day. I know it's not easy for some of you, but God loves you and will comfort you. Thank you for the privilege of being a small part of your life. I don't take it lightly. Have a great evening in the Lord. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.